When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It ain't the left side or the right side. Thank you, Solidy. Welcome to another episode of On the Thin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Also, check out our Twitter handles. I'm Brian Cat NFL, and Paul is Fanatic. That's Fanatic with a PH. Underscore pick. So the Dolphins square off against the Steelers on Monday Night Football on ESPN. Why? Because each team gets a primetime game throughout the year, and uh, everybody else is just going to have to deal with it. Injuries heading into the game, it looks like at this point Daniel Kilgore is pretty iffy for this game. That might end up being a good thing for the Dolphins, and we'll get to that in a bit. Rashad Jones, also pretty iffy to come back, but recent word is Xavier Howard is going to play on Monday Night Football, and they should be lined up with Juju Smith-Schuster. Temperatures expected to be in the high 50s to low 60s around that area, so not much of a factor there with the conditions. But, Paul, really the main storyline of the game is the Minka Fitzpatrick trade earlier in the season. And Minka's played well for the Steelers there at that free safety spot. So right now the Dolphins would be picking 10th in the NFL draft with that Steelers pick. They're 2-5, and five, and because of the strength of schedule, they're picking 10th. So if the Dolphins pull off an upset here, which is very unlikely because they're 14-point underdogs, they could be hurting their own draft pick while making the Steelers draft pick a little bit more appetizing. Completely. I mean, it, it's one of those scenarios where uh, it depends on what you're rooting for in the draft, to be honest with you. If you're rooting for Miami to have two picks, possibly in the top five, uh, and you're not as worried about the number one pick, if you're a Joe Burrow fan or a fan of any of the other quarterbacks that you probably shouldn't be, um, over to, over Tua, then you want Miami to win this game. If you're a fan of Tua over Burrow, then you want Miami to lose this game and still probably have a top 10 pick. It's, it's an intriguing situation because of the way it affects Miami, depending on what you want out of this. Yeah, that's well said. And the Dolphins could possibly, if they did pull off an upset, I, again, I don't think they will, but 
you get yourself there in a position where if the Steelers drop another game and now and and they they have a pretty tough schedule here in the next two, I think they play with Indianapolis and and somebody else difficult, but they could be looking at a two and eight record, and now we're talking about that top five pick again. So this is a game that maybe the the tankers and the ones who actually want the Dolphins to win can come together as one and want the Dolphins to win this game on Monday Night Football. And I, I don't think it's completely out of the possibility, given that they've played pretty well over the last two weeks. You know, they've been competitive, at least. They lost to the Redskins by a point. And the Bills, even though the scoreboard said they lost by 10, we're controlling the game late into the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, what it's going to come down to here is is Ryan Fitzpatrick's the starter, whether Josh Rosen comes in or not. Can they keep from turning over the ball? I mean, you look at the Steelers, who are absolutely decimated. I believe their second and third tier there, combined with Roethlisberger, have as many interceptions as either Rosen or Fitzpatrick combined. Fitzpatrick doesn't turn the ball over the goal line last week. Guess what? The Dolphins have a win. Yeah, under their belts here. So really controlling that ball, especially with the fact that Miami likes the short passing game and Pittsburgh's linebackers really have a lot of interceptions for a linebacking core thus far. They they sure do. They've Devin Bush has two. T.J. Watt has one. Mark Barron has one. Devin Bush is all over the field. We'll get into the position by position here in a little bit. But first, before we do that, we've got the trade deadline on October 29th. Kenyon Drake's name has been mentioned a lot, and he's the obvious one. But other than that, Paul, who else do you see on the Dolphins roster who may be a consideration? Well, I mean, Devontae Parker is definitely a consideration. I hate the idea, believe it, which I never thought I'd be saying at this point. But I like the way he's been developing under Brian Flores as opposed to the previous regime. It's he's a guy that I know was rumored with San Francisco, but San Francisco went out and made their own trade elsewhere. So, I mean, he, he's probably the most logical, uh, unless maybe somebody comes in and offers anything for Rashad Jones at this point, as much as I hate saying that I love Rashad Jones, just it, he seems to be a shadow of himself this year. I will say though, the Kenyon Drake move, I absolutely hate it. It's I've been playing with some free agency simulators and things like that. And, even with signing anybody I could want to, uh, to realistic contracts with those. There's still so much cap space, and really I think it goes a long way if Miami's able to re-sign one of their own. And I'd love to see Kenyon Drake stay in Miami because I do think he's explosive, even if you're using him as a complimentary back. He, he deserves a lot of touches. You look at his threat in the receiving game and what he's able to do in the running game. I think he's got the most broken tackles on the team right now, and that's playing sparingly. So it, it's... Hopefully, Miami can figure it out to retain Drake. It shouldn't be hard, given the resources they have at their disposal. Yeah, and I would like Drake back, too. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it's the going from not being used a lot by the really two coaches in a row to being overpaid for to stay. I I think he's really got to pick and choose his place that he wants to go to, where they're going to use him as that complimentary piece out of the backfield. And I don't think that's going to be with Miami. But it'll be a shame because we're we're going to walk away from Drake not really knowing what we're going to get. I do think Drake will still be traded by the 29th. And I think that team will be the Detroit Lions when it's all said and done. I mean, Kerryon Johnson just goes down for the year. They're starting sixth-round rookie Ty Johnson. And if if the Lions 
want to get him, I don't think it'll cost much more than a late round pick given the circumstances. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Devonte Parker. I'm with you on that. I, I, I just wouldn't see the point in getting anything less than a second round pick. Like the Patriots traded for Muhammad Sanu. They're not getting a second round pick. I don't think they're getting a third or a fourth either at, at that point. I'd rather keep Parker for the next year and a half, at least as opposed to trading him off for a mid to late round pick. So, We'll keep an eye on the trade deadline. We'll be sure to break that news here and have a show on that if something does end up happening before then. But getting to the game here, Paul, on offense, like you said, Ryan Fitzpatrick and not turning the ball over, it's hard for him not to do. I mean, you look at last week, the Dolphins had a, gosh, I think it was a 19-play, 60-yard drive, took up almost the whole third quarter, had a fake punt in there somewhere or excuse me, a fake field goal that Matt Hawk ran for, and they end up uh, taking a 10-yard sack and then an interception by Tredavious White. It ended up really being the factor in the game. Fitzpatrick's last game was against, or or excuse me, last game on Monday Night Football was against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. He threw for for 411 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, and the Bucs lost 30-27. to So, that's kind of been the typical Ryan Fitzpatrick game when he's on his high end. I'm not sure he's on the high end right now, but he did have a good week last week. I mean, 281 yards passing against a Bills defense, that's one of the league's best. So what I really do like, Paul, though, is here with something that we can hang our hand on a little bit is Mark Walton, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, and even Mike Kosicki, these skill position units are very, very young. And they're starting to put up some numbers that are starting to re- resemble an NFL offense. Completely. I mean, I loved what I saw out of Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. And actually, I can't believe I'm saying it, Mike Kosicki last week. I mean, they made some spectacular catches in that game. On top of that, you add Albert Wilson back to the mix. He looked good in his action last week. Hopefully, Miami can get Jakeem Grant back out on the field doing something effective. I think he does deserve a little more rope at this point even though I know he he got off to a rough start this year and then that's going to allow you to do things out of the backfield because you can't just go right at the linebackers for the Pittsburgh Steelers you have to establish a passing game that forces them into some different coverages before you can start all your little underneath stuff and if you can do that then you can be effective against this defense if you start trying to dink and dunk like we talked about earlier in the show the Steelers linebackers are going to start jumping those routes and really making this a miserable day for, for Miami. Yeah. Over the middle with the Mike Kosicki's going up against Devin Bush, who's just been a terror this year, especially in pass defense. That's a scary proposition with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing on the ball. But when you talk about just purely putting up yards, the Dolphins may may put up more yards than the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. It's just a matter of whether or not they can, they're going to turn the ball over a lot here. I mean, Mason Rudolph on the season is – he has 646 yards passing. He's missed the last game and a half on there. But he's completed 67% of his passes with a quarterback rating of 102.5. What I've seen a lot is since he's gotten in the game, the wide receivers are catching a lot fewer passes and – the running backs are catching a lot more passes. So the interesting thing on the defensive side of the ball is the Dolphins really last week against the Bills 
pressured the quarterback through a lot of blitzes their way, and they, they started getting to the quarterback a little bit more. Vince Beagle got to the quarterback for a sack. Taco Charlton got there once. Jerome Baker easily could have had a few sacks, but I think Josh Allen was looking for him on those blitzes, so he got rid of the football. But this week, given how much the Steelers running backs like, like to catch the football here in this offense, if the Dolphins are sending the house as often as they were last week, could be some easy dump-offs for the Steelers too. There could be, and that, that's where I'm hoping Patrick Graham and Brian Flores can, can get a little creative, have somebody spy on those running backs coming out of the backfield. I mean, James Conner leads the team in receptions right now for, for Pittsburgh, so, I mean, you have to be keeping an eye out for that. But if you can spy that, those passes are, are high reward, but they're also high risk. And if you've got somebody like Jerome Baker who's got good closing speed, um, keeping an eye on Connor at all times, and he can close and jump a route, that's also six right there. I mean, it, it's, you know, you look at the way momentum goes at that point. You look at the fact that he's got his whole team in front of him that can pick people off behind him. That's your pick six scenario right there with a player with Jerome Baker's speed. So hopefully they've got Baker and, you know, uh, God, I'm blanking on the name right now. Wow. Uh, Sam McGuavian. No, Sam McGuavian spying James Conner out of the backfield because that is their biggest threat uh, out, outside of the two wideouts on the edge. Yeah, uh, Sam McGuavian, it'd be interesting to see how, how involved he is in this game because he's seen his snap counts decline big time. You know, Raekwon McMillan has seen his go up a lot higher. I mean, Raekwon had a terrible game against Buffalo, but – He's certainly more deserving of that spot now. But, yeah, Aguavion, if if you're looking for somebody to spy James Cotter, who's not all that fast but pretty crafty in the passing game, maybe we start to see a few more snaps here this week. Uh, the big matchup, too, at, at defensive back, Xavier Howard, as of right now, is going to play in this game. Uh, that, that's been the word here. And that'll be big because he's going to play in prime time and he's going to be matched up here against probably Juju Smith-Schuster. And Schuster over the last three games uh, hasn't done a lot. I mean, granted, you know, he doesn't have Ben Roethlisberger. Mason Rudolph has missed a game and a half of those three games. But three games ago, he had 15 yards. In this past game against the Chargers, he had seven. So could be prime for a breakout performance out of Mason Rudolph. It, it really depends on how much Xavier is going to cover him in this game. But this is, too, given the injuries and given that Xavier's had a couple of bad games, even when healthy, this is one that Xavier needs. It is. And I'll, I'll say another thing that that really Juju's uh, reception totals probably depend on here is how much they're doing those little pump and dumps, the little dump-offs to James Conner, the little dump-offs just, short, just past the line of scrimmage. And when you look at... Vince Beagle, you look at Rake McMillan, and you look at Taco Charlton. If they're having a big day, it's going to help shut down Juju Smith-Schuster. We don't know if Xavier's at full strength coming into this game, so I'm hopeful that Miami can get some semblance of a pass rush going in this one. We've seen a little bit from Rake and Beagle in particular the past few weeks, and hopefully occasionally blitzing Jerome Baker will really help. Yeah, and Mason's not a guy that gets the ball out incredibly fast. But you don't really have to either if you're sending the house. You see it, and you can basically just dump the ball over the guy, over the heads of the guys that are rushing. So we will see that there. Other interesting matchups in the passing game, too, is Deontay Johnson has stepped up as that second receiver. You know, they, they signed Dante Moncrief. He's been a disaster for them. 
you've also got James Washington has been hurt, and he was he was Mason Rudolph's college teammate, and they really haven't been able to get on the same page. Or James Washington has been hurt, so Deontay Johnson against whoever he's going to be lined up against at that cornerback spot because Eric Rowe played a lot of safety last week, which I really liked that move because he's six one two oh one. He runs well. He's just hippie. And out there at that cornerback spot, he could be taken advantage of on those out routes. So I hope they play row more at that safety spot and maybe Ken Webster there at cornerback. Hopefully they don't have to start Ryan Lewis for the second game in a row. So this will be a primetime matchup for the Dolphins against the Steelers. Paul, uh, what is your prediction for this game? I'm going to. I think the Steelers pull it out. It's probably going to be 21-17. I think it's going to be close again. I think there's going to be a heartbreaking interception by Fitzpatrick in the closing moments. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see Vince Beagle get an interception on one of those little screen passes. Well, the Dolphins need some turnovers here because, man, they have one interception on the year, and they've given up 16 touchdowns. They have one forced fumble on the year, and that was by Minka Fitzpatrick in one of the first couple of weeks he was here on the team. So they need to start forcing some turnovers. And a lot of that comes with pressuring the quarterback and having the quarterback think a little bit more and, and throw into some tight coverages. I don't know if that's going to happen in this game, but if they can get to the quarterback a little more, it increases the odds. Yeah, I, I see the Steelers winning this one, too. I'm going to go with 27-17. to 17. I think the Dolphins are going to be able to, to move the ball effectively. It does. It will depend on how much Fitzpatrick and the rest of the offense can limit their mistakes. And that, so, Cat, I just want to jump in. I, jump, I want to jump in real quick just while, since you just mentioned the turnover piece. When, when we look at the fact that Miami doesn't have a lot of turnovers, I think there's a couple of factors. And one of the big ones is – a lot of the games this year Miami has not been competitive in. And when you look at the fact that they haven't been competitive, all the other teams have been interested in, in in the second half is protecting the damn football. And that being the case, hope, if Miami can keep it close, hopefully they're able to force some of these turnovers, create some of these, these plays that will generate turnovers. Because when a team has to, has to take some chances, that's when it really gives Miami a chance to shine there. So I think the factors you mentioned are definitely part of it, but I think the fact that Miami hasn't been in so many of their games this year is another thing that we've got to factor in there. You bet, and very well said there. In fact, before the Bills game, the Dolphins had been leading in any game at any point this year for three minutes and 49 seconds. So even if they're not getting blown out, they were losing. And when you're losing and you're not and you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, it's almost impossible to create turnovers. So they've certainly got to do that a little bit more. I think to do that, Vince Beagle needs to be on the field a lot. And even though Taco Charlton is terrible in run defense, he, he does at least pressure the quarterback a little bit more. And hopefully Christian Wilkins cannot punch somebody in the face in this game. And if it is, maybe it's like Fitzpatrick somehow. So we'll see. Uh, but it, as far as the draft picks are concerned, just uh, before we sign off here, Draft order heading into this game. First is the Bengals 0-7. They play at the Los Angeles Rams. They're about 14-point underdogs, too. you got the Dolphins at 0-6 playing the Steelers. The Redskins are actually playing right now on Thursday Night Football as the time we're recording this. They're 1-6 playing at Minnesota, 5-2. Fourth is the Falcons, 1-6. and 
playing at home against the five and two Seahawks. That's a tough game. Five, the Jets play at three and four Jacksonville. Still a pretty tough game for them. Six, uh, the Giants play at two, three and one Detroit. Seven, Chargers, two and five. They play against the Bears at home or three and three. Eight is the Denver Broncos. They're two and five. They play at four and two Indy. Nine, Cleveland, two and four. They play at seven and oh New England. And finally, 10, uh, rounding out the top 10, you've got the Dolphins there with the Steelers' first-round pick. So, freaking Chargers. Gosh, if they had just just won that game, we'd be talking about the Dolphins having the second and third pick. Instead, that pick falls all the way to 10. But it still is early in the season, and that's why this game could have some meaning when it comes to that. That will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Steelers matchup as we approach Monday Night Football. You can follow... Us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Also, check out our segment as well with our Steelers guest, Joe Toscano from the Donut Bag Podcast on the PodHub Network. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.